three, two, one. Week five is now in the books, and the international break does not stop the MLS. We just keep on trucking, tripping. Uh, your boys down in Charlotte got the one-one draw. How are you feeling? Feeling good, man. We didn't lose. Uh, that always didn't feels lose. good. To, always feels good to not lose, especially when you start the season zero and three. So, yeah, MLS played on. Uh, international break, be damned. That you know, we a, a lot of people. All the teams, all the MLS fans whose teams had a lot of international players leaving, most notably Philadelphia, they whined and whined about, oh, they should be, MLS should just be like the rest of the world and take a break. Well, I say no. I fight back against that. I believe that playing through the international break is a great move for MLS. There's not that. depth on your team. There's not really a, yeah, have some depth on your team. Everybody knows the calendar. It's not like this, like, was just scheduled a week ago, so you, uh, you know, for, for once, MLS takes center stage in the world, It's and do you really would would you rather really watch Iceland versus Liechtenstein or would you yes. rather watch or would you rather yes. or would you rather watch Columbus Crew and Atlanta United even even if uh, Lucas Celerion and Tiago Almada are not there I don't know it it it's everyone's perspective but I'm I'm a I'm an MLS guy so I I love I got to go to an MLS game this weekend I went to Charlotte and I would have been really bummed if some stupid international break had made me miss out on that for sure. Well, one guy that we have to shout out is Denny Bowanga who got on a flight right what in international Turkey break. Yeah, yeah. and just I, came back and played yeah. in the game and scored the winner absolutely yeah. absurd uh craziness going on there uh Denny Bowanga is a big uh, or uh, our, our guest today is a big fan of Denny Bowanga he's also the world's biggest Hector Herrera fan so please welcome John from Predictology how are you today buddy Hey guys, yeah, no, I'm great and great to be back on here again with you, Chris, and uh, great to have the first time on with your trip. I know we speak a lot in the forums, but it's good to be, be on with you in person. And yeah, look, I, I love the weekend. I mean, it was great having, you know, wall-to-wall MLS action. It felt like a, a U23 special week. Um, we got to see some interesting future prospects. And interestingly, I'm sure we'll go on to it later, but I, some of the teams that I thought would we're stronger um, with, with, with with less sort of departures seem to struggle. And the ones that I thought were going to struggle seem to do pretty well. So it's, it's quite an interesting uh, sequence of events of the weekend. It was a, it was a weird one this week because the road teams did really well, which is not an MLS normalty. Normally very home field advantage in the MLS. Uh, this time only three home teams won their games. I believe if I'm, if I'm doing my math there correctly, blame it on the uh, international AFC, break. Yeah, LAFC, Houston, and Columbus were the three teams to win their games. Uh, so yeah, it was very like non-MLS, but in the same way, at the same time, it was very MLS because there were tons of goals all over the place. Uh, except in the first game, which was Portland in LA, and they played to a scoreless draw. I was asleep because our game on Friday night went very long. And uh I did not get to watch this game. Did either of you gentlemen happen to catch Portland or LA? This was one of the few that I could watch because uh, I got to catch it in pregame as I was pre-partying for the Charlotte match. Uh, so we watched half of it at the bar, then watched the second half in, in the stadium. And uh, it was pretty dreary, you know, no Evander, <laughs> uh, no no Chicharito, no, no real attacking verve uh, from anyone. Uh, I, I've kind of lost faith in Santiago Moreno as someone who yeah. I thought was kind of a bright young prospect mm-hmm. at one point who now is just like, not really doing anything. The person who was doing the most action on the field 
sadly enough, was Raheem Edwards, which you never really mm-hmm. like to see. Uh, Rishi, Ricky Puge had like a couple shots that were close enough. Uh, Johnny Klinsman, who should not be in MLS, uh, he should not be allowed to play in MLS uh, for insulting Landon Donovan. <laughs> he certainly should not be playing uh, for the guy. Right, his dad insulted Landon and... Donovan, not him. No, no, Jurgen left. Jurgen 100% did, and Jurgen left uh, Landon off the team. But then Johnny was tweeting about it, if you remember when he was oh. like 14 years old. Like Johnny Klinsman had to like delete a tweet. Like this is like in the early, early, this is like probably one of the fir- first ever like deleted tweets controversies. But <laughs> little Johnny Klinsman was like, I don't know why everyone's bitching about Landon. He sucks now anyway or something. And now he plays like for that. the Galaxy. So, yeah, so I don't like uh, – I please come back uh, very soon, Jonathan Bond. We miss you. Uh, get Klinsman off the field. But uh, really weird lineup from LA Galaxy, but they went on the, the road and got a point. And Portland just I – I don't know, man. Like this team just has nothing right now. I mean, I thought yeah. the, the goalkeeper spot it, on the other side was, was an interesting story as well with Bingham – getting the start. Apparently Avacic not too happy about it, had some comments in the media and then coach comes back into the media and says, you don't say that to the media. And now it's a whole back and forth type thing. And now, I mean, is, is there some sort of a feud between, you know, Avacic and, and the Portland goal or the Portland coach uh, that's going to keep David like or Bingham on the field long term. Well, Bingham, went up, Bingham got stretched off injured in the last few minutes. Uh, yeah, that's like a shoulder. Yeah. Oh, I mean, sorry, a hamstring injury. So I think that's at least a couple of weeks, right? So, yeah, so it, it could be uh, it could be Hunter Schulte season, I think. If, yeah, if Schulte was on the bench season. for yeah, this game. It's not too late. Because uh, yeah, Ivicic yeah. is... Yeah, Schult- they were out of subs, so Schulte couldn't go in. So they had to take an outfield player and put him in goal for the last couple of minutes mm. but because uh, they had no subs left. But... You would presume Schulte would probably start the next game. I don't know if anyone's been checking his price yet. I don't know. Probably, I, it's probably, probably missed the cheap no, window, but uh, the, the floor got there. swept even before the uh, keeper came up. As soon as he went down, yeah, the floor, yeah, that's that's yeah. what happens. Yeah, but yeah. if you have one, you're loving life for sure. Shout the out other, Andrew Laird, yeah. Uh, the the other interesting U23 guy here, Jalen Neal, starting to get a run in the LA Galaxy. Finally, uh, anybody, either of you guys, paid attention at all to Jalen Neal? Yeah, I think he had a pretty decent game, if I remember right. He's he wasn't a, the person he said two out of four. Yeah, pretty yeah. decent games. Uh, and he's a but big think, young think, prospect, and everybody was all all hyped up about LA Galaxy would never give him a chance. And now they're giving him a chance. He's starting to play. Well, I think these two these are two teams that are gonna gonna struggle this year for for different reasons. Uh, I'll focus on LA Galaxy. I mean, they're topping the charts for pass completion rate, but they're playing very much like late uh, early early two thousand Spain. You know, a lot of possession, controlling the game. But just not converting it, and you know they'll only go so far with that. I think they've scored two goals in four games and no wins so far, and I think mm. that's probably. I don't see where the goals are going to come from. They, they didn't look particularly threatening. You know they had a few chances, but you, for, for, for the amount of possession they had and, and the pass control that they had, they weren't really converting that into something dangerous. Um, so, do you think Chicharito changes that equation? He comes back. Potentially, but how long can you rely on him staying fit for? Or how many games do you think you'll get out of him mm-hmm. in, in the whole season? It won't be enough, I don't think. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch for sure between uh, between those two teams that both had really high preseason expectations. I was more so bought into Portland than L.A., but both are kind of falling flat on their face, at least to start the season. But it's a long season. We don't overreact to things in the MLS because people can just go on a tear. And Portland's famous for – being terrible all the way through the summer and then just going on a tear in August, making the playoffs and off they go. Uh, so definitely don't overreact to things. Uh, next game, Charlotte and New York played to a one, one draw. It's tripping time. Tell us a story, buddy. 
It is tripping time. Let me just send Wigan Quick's SO5 purpose a shout out. He's got one mint on the market here in the, in the new MLS card release that came out last week. It's uh, Gaston Brugman who, uh, for LA, mm-hmm. who is scoring really mm-hmm. well in the set as their center defensive mid because they're so bad. I think that like feeds into his scoring. So uh, just a, just yes, a name cool. to watch. Uh, it was close to 100, I think. It was yeah, he got a 97 cool. last week mm-hmm. uh, in this game against Portland with the clean sheet. He's gone over, you know, his lowest AA of the season is is 10 but he's gone over 30 a couple of times he had 60 all around uh against yeah. against timbers which is just absolutely insane and he had 60 all around against houston also in game week 312 uh so uh you know last year so this is a guy you know this is a guy who he's can routinely put up very big yeah. uh, so five matrix numbers so just just be aware that he finally is getting uh some cards minted he has one he literally has one card uh out there so what can you do um, but yes, I will always talk about Charlotte FC. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I was at the match. It was really tough to see like so much wasted, empty, like back, you know, possession in our own defensive third. Maybe you've got some numbers on that, John, like, uh, uh with Charlotte, just kind of having empty possession. We've beaten most of our opponents in possession this year. And yet we find ourselves with one win in five. And, uh, that's, that's troubling. Enzo Capetti, uh, unfortunately had a, he would, he should have had a decisive, had a tap in goal that uh, the defender slid in front of for an own and made it an own goal. Uh, but that would have mm-hmm. been a Kerwin Vargas assist on a Copetti goal. Unfortunately, um, uh, New York Red Bulls played pretty, uh, they played their press, but they didn't play it too effectively. I think they only had really like two or three dangerous moments. They forced one really tough save out of the goalkeeper, George Marks, which shout out. I've been hyping. Georgie. I've been on the Cisniega train all season and like, George Marks is definitely worth mentioning because he's an under 23 goalkeeper until June, uh, till the end of June. So like if he were to keep this job, depending on with, if Christian Kalina comes back or if results get so bad again, and they decide to go back to Cisniega, which I don't think will happen now, but it could, uh, I wish it would. Cause I have a bunch of Pablo cards left over when I was like, uh, hyping him up as, as a great buy. But, um, another under 23 goalkeeper changes everything. Like, because Chris Brady like commands such a high premium because he was the only under 23 goalkeeper that was starting in MLS. So now, yeah. Uh, now there becomes another one. So, uh, you know, just um, it's funny how like one person's fortunes rising can then like sort of like affect the whole market just in terms of like mm. the supply of under 23 goalkeepers goes up. But yeah, Kerwin Vargas, a guy who has no cards minted, but I would really love to get one because he's a nice uh, forward card when he finally does come out. Uh, Frankie, am I, uh, I'm just kind of looking at the SO5 box score here. I, uh, Charlotte got done dirty a little bit because they had a late injury in the week to build to Iloma. He, he trained, but couldn't play. And that led to uh five foot four, Nathan Byrne playing center back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, converting right well. back. Yeah. Darby County. I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with his work over there. Uh, predictology for Darby County when he was their player of the year last year, but he's been a bit of a lemon in Charlotte and it's unfortunate. Um, he had a couple nice, like uh, they weren't quite last man tackles. He didn't get opt credit for last man tackle, but he had a couple nice like slide tackles to cut out play uh, attacks, but then he just had an absolute, he whiffed on a back pass and then got knocked over by the striker and uh, mm-hmm. gave up a one V one versus the keeper in like the 44th in the 42nd minute. And so mm-hmm. all this empty possession we'd had the entire first half led to a one nail deficit at halftime and then tied it in the, he played a much better second half tied it with the own goal. And I've talked enough. So uh, you jumped yeah. in my bad, John. Yeah, no, no, all good. I mean, I watched the game as well, a large part of the game as well. And I think it felt like one of those games where, both teams will be will happy with the point. Maybe not delighted, mm-hmm. but Red Bull are happy to go there and come away with a point. 
Charlotte are happy just to maintain their unbeaten run after the shaky start. To your point, they had 74% possession, but in fact, only that resulted in only one shot in target and only six overall. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of possession, but it's not really not doing too much. Um, but I think it's just a game where they're both happy to pick up a point and they'll move on from there. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I think Amaya is probably worth a, a small call out. He seems to be having a decent AA so far this year. He sort of started the season well last year, then tailed off. But I think yep. he may be finding his position in the team where he, he can have some SFI value. So it's probably one to keep an eye on as well. If Lewis Morgan is not there, because I think it goes through Lewis Morgan if he's healthy. But since he hasn't been playing, That's true. I think Amaya is getting more yeah. touches right now. Yeah. Um, so Amaya yeah, can I, hit I, the heights. The, the yeah, he, he's definitely he's got some up, but he's also got some some big old down, uh, and he's kind of been up and down ever since he was the number one overall pick for Cincinnati. Um, Columbus. Thing we forget with yeah. Amaya is that he's still U twenty three until twenty twenty five. Yeah, yeah, he's a, a young time, but you've yeah. still got a few years in him. So, yeah. former number one overall draft pick, Frankie Frankie. Yeah. It seems like forever ago that he was number one yeah. overall. Um. Yeah, so so New York and Charlotte split the spoils there down in the Queen City. Columbus six to one over Atlanta, uh, and also a pretty heavily rotated Columbus team as well. Not a ton of starters played, and they just whipped Atlanta. Anybody watch this one? I didn't watch it. I mean, I caught a bit of it on the three hundred and sixty. Um, I was incredibly disappointed with Atlanta considering the start to the season they had. I mean, the forward line was. Appalling. I didn't think they would would go there and win the game, but to go and get turned over six one is 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 pretty pretty. They should be pretty embarrassed yeah. of themselves. I know Columbus were missing a few players, couple for international duty. Unfortunately, Chucho Hernandez has picked up an injury as well. But looking at this game, I felt that Columbus still had the strongest side. Thought they'd edge it, but six one is pretty pretty shocking. And Guzan can go to hell. He screwed, screwed my uh, SF5 team. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Guzan. Three, yeah. 361 <laughs> points, and he added the one point. Thank you. <laughs> Man, I I love to hear that. I love to hear that from uh, someone who who lives so far away to, to be in so... <laughs> in sync with me good brad guzon can go to hell exactly for sure sure he's a lovely man but as a soccer player hey he did get one point okay let's let's not hate on him too much he did come up with the one point he didn't get the dnp yeah he took me 360 to 361 cheers yeah not exactly what you're looking for when you're when you're getting a starting goalkeeper uh the game that i was mostly focused on new england beats dc two goals to one uh, this was mostly New England throughout the entirety of the match. Uh, they had a sitter that they missed in the first half. Uh, and then DC uh, kind of hit a little bit of a sucker punch. Nice Ruan uh, cross uh, found Benteke just before halftime. Uh, and then the second half, it was here comes Carlos Hill in the 62nd minute. And there goes the ball in the back of the net in the 63rd minute. It was like 40 something seconds from the moment he stepped onto the field to the moment the ball was in the back of the net. It was absolutely insane. Um, and then they ended up hitting the winner uh, two to one on a heavily deflected shot. Uh, they probably deserved to win, but they, that was a bit of a lucky goal for them to, to get from through that Noel Buck. Um, do you watch this one, John? Any thoughts on this one? Yeah. You have some have young to, guys you like. Yeah. I have to admit, I called this game completely wrong <laughs> when I was because I think New England started with what three teenagers in the middle of the park I mean yep. no book we know about he's been playing a, a bit this season which is incredibly rare to see a youngster in the middle of the park they normally start them out wide and as they get a bit older and more experienced move them in but I don't know if he has much utility from a SO5 perspective but he's certainly got 
people watching him from Europe and the Premier League already. So he's obviously got a very bright future ahead of him. But I actually looked at the DC side and I think he made an all right start to the season. And I actually thought DC might actually sort of run over the top of New England here. And I'm, boy, was I wrong. I think uh, almost from start to finish, New England controlled it. Um, I think the positive that 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 DC can take from this, as I, I think Rooney's found the role for Benteke and he's starting to show the danger and what he can bring to the MLS. Um, yep. but they're still very much a work in progress. Yep. And, uh, Benteke yeah, is really good. Cleish is really good. Not much else on this team. Um, there is some, there's a lot of fight in this team. I'll give them that. Like they don't, they don't just roll over and die. Like they are aggressively competing for every single ball. They're just not that good. Like they're just not talented yeah. enough to play in this league. Most of them. But I think you saw that against New York last week. This, 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 this is definitely a better DC than last year. They're not going to be challenging for the wooden spoon. They might. I don't think they can make the playoffs, but I think they'll sell somewhere mid mid table. Maybe feel like maybe drag it out and feel like they have a chance for the playoffs, but come up short. But this is a team that it's not going to give up. He's not letting them give up in games when they go behind. Um, yeah. So you know you're going to have some ups and downs with that through the year. But uh, yeah. I think there's, there was a, there's one guy you wanted to call out on the on the New England team who was you yeah. mentioned to me. While we were well, before it, very... before we get to before we get to that, also Taxi mm. Fountas subbed in in this game coming back from injury. He and Benteke had one little moment where you could see, hey, maybe this could work because you're you're kind of thinking to yourself outside of Cleish. So if you're going against DC, you know, shut down Cleish and don't let Benteke get anywhere near the 18. As long as you do that, you're never conceding a goal. Fountas gives you a little bit something extra where he can actually create something out of nothing. Uh, so if those three can stay healthy, maybe they can nick a few points where they maybe shouldn't. Um, I, I still think they're in this, the thick of the, the wooden spoon race with Colorado, Montreal, maybe maybe even with the LA Galaxy. Um, I just I, I don't know where they're going to get goals from outside of Menteke. Unless he is like golden boot winner, I can't see them finishing very high up the table. Um, as far as New England goes, think, yeah, the other – yeah, go ahead. I want to ask you, do you think Fountas will start to be the starter up there next to Benteke ahead of, of – Teddy KDP or what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think he'll play second striker. I don't think it's his preferred position. And again, he wasn't brought in by Rooney. So he's not really a Rooney guy. So I don't know that I would trust Fountas a whole lot, but as a, as kind of a cheap flyer, maybe um, as a, this is going to be the rock of my team. I don't think I'd trust that because I, I just, I still don't know a hundred percent for sure that he is going to be a starter, but I could see him, he, he clearly has more talent than anybody else in the field. And Kudi Pietro is, is decent, but he also, he's disappeared in the two games that I've watched. He, the first game, he had the nice goal at the end and he played really well throughout, mm-hmm. but he's also disappeared a couple of times. So um, him, Jackson Hopkins, um, just they've got talent, but I don't think they're, they're quite there yet. Um, as far as new England goes, you, you mentioned Noel Buck, who, who's getting a lot of attention. The other two, youngsters in this team who I think it's their first starts and I'm going to butcher these names because they're uh That's why I'm they're, with you. <laughs> they're they're very difficult Esmir Baraktarevich um and then the other one is Jack Paniyautu um sounds yeah, like I a tried. decent decent enough I job. tried it, it was it was tough Hopefully. uh Barak was actually on set pieces which was very interesting for a guy that's either making his debut or at least season debut. He's got um, a killer potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he was playing out wide. He, both of those two kids, 47 and 22, they both looked very lively on the ball. They both have nice, like 
short-term burst uh, to kind of get through people. They reminded me a lot of Kevin Paredes when he was first coming through. Yeah. Um, we so know how I, that worked I out. Really like both of those two guys. Hey, he's playing in Germany now. I'm just, just throwing that out there. He's a Wolfsburg coming off the bench. Um, but yeah, it, it, very interesting to see both of those two guys um, kind of get the start and kind of be able to play a little bit. And uh, New England, top of the Eastern Conference, four wins out of five. I think this is just a really good team. I think they're just back. You know, I think they've replaced what they needed to from last year. As long as they can keep heel and boo and bow healthy, it's going to be a tough team to beat. Yeah. On that note, I've got a question for you guys then. So if you're, if you're, so if, if you're out there looking to pick up a, you know, monetary, monetary placed uh, MLS forward in rare, would you, would you go for Benteke or, or Bo? Benteke is at, at 0.13, Bo is about 0.15, which I think is pretty good value on both. But uh, what would you, I, which way would you guys go? I would go for Bo because he has the chance for set pieces over over Benteke. And if he if he ever misses a game, then Bo will be taking set pieces and just gives you that little bit of extra. But I do think... I think Bo has they probably about the same amount of sizes, and I just think Bo brings the more AA. So yeah, I think Bo brings a lot more AA. He's a lot more potential. Um, I actually do think I think um Benteke will have more decisives, but I think Bo has much more AA. I think Benteke will have more goals, but I think Bo will have more decisive with goals and assists. That's my he that's doesn't my really assist that much. He has 33 goals and 12 assists in three He's seasons. He's on those set pieces, you never know. You never know. Hey, well, yeah. I mean, it's true, but I, I, I agree with you. I do think AA wise, Bo is much, much better. I would rather take uh, Gustavo Bo. That being said, Bo is also two years older than Benteke. Um, hmm. So if you're thinking long term, I think you get more seasons out of Benteke. So uh, some to consider. But I Good definitely takes. this year, I think, I think Bo for sure. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's fair. I think they're both well priced though. If, if anyone's in the market for a forward in the MLS, I think there's a lot of well priced forwards right now. Well, there's mm-hmm. a lot of well priced everything right now. Great time <laughs> to get in there. Great time to get in there. I picked up a I picked up a Talis Magno last night, the one of a hundred or whatever for the new season for the, on the rare market. Um, very well priced, just over 0.3. It's very happy for the top two, three U23 forward for the summer. Uh, I think we'll take that all day long. You just got to get NYC playing him in the right position, which they're not at the moment. Yeah, if they buy a striker, watch out because he's he's like seven points higher as a attacking mid as a, as compared to a striker. Um, but he's still a pretty good striker. He's like a 53, 54 average uh, striker. So uh, next game, Chicago sucker punched Miami right at the end and picks up the three two win. Um, Chris Brady, poor Chris Brady, just continues to get lit up with goals, despite the fact that he makes a ton of saves and gets a ton of AA. So he actually had a pretty decent game that that way. Carlos Teron also a really nice game, which is the U23 pair, if you Everybody loves him. want to go that way. Uh, and he finally had his first uh, first good game. And then Kai Kamara comes comes in to, uh, to get the winner there. Um, anybody watch this one? Any thoughts? I did on the uh, on the 360. I think the biggest concern for um, Chicago here is that it's the second time in two weeks that they've given away a two goal lead. I mean, this, on this occasion, they were able to come back and get the winner. Although, to be fair, if you were watching the game, you would have said it was it was only going to go one way, which is Miami, and then they had the sucker punch right at the end. So they've really got to sort of sort that uh, decision making process out in in the back line because that's going to cause them problems throughout the year. Um, 
I think the uh, my other observation from this was the player I've been looking at, which is Gene Motta in, in the Inter Miami midfield, He's been putting up some fantastic scores, had a wonderful assist for the Miami, one of the Miami goals, but he did go off injured in the last few minutes, so I'm not sure on the status of him right now. So I quickly cancelled an offer I had out on a super. <laughs> <laughs> Good call, yeah, yeah. And they they just lost Gregory in the central midfield also yeah. last week, so that'd be a, a killer blow for them. Yeah, RIP Miami. Guys, uh, that's bad. Yeah, we'd like to thank uh, Miami being good uh, uh, for as a storyline for their participation in the season because like they 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 looked really really hot, really fresh out of the gate, but now they they've lost two in a row. I think two on the. Uh, and I don't know when when they get a certain Lionel coming in. <laughs> well, they're going to need they're gonna need someone in the midfield. I'll tell you what. They'll how about fine. Bryce Duke finally had his big opportunity to start? Yeah. And, you know, didn't really get it done from SO5 perspective. He did play the 90. Uh, Pizarro went out. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. And I don't know, uh, John, how long have you been a fan of MLS? I'm not sure. But uh, the fact that Kai Kamara scored a 90-second <laughs> minute winner for the Chicago Fire is just, yeah. like, yeah. the nerdiest, like, bit of, like, MLS, MLS geek, like, craziness. Like, the fact that, like, this old-school franchise and this guy who's just been the ultimate mercenary, just, like, club after club after club he's played for everyone and like for him to come in and start and still be banging in goals game winners for the fire yeah. it's absolutely insane and I, I can't believe it yeah i've definitely been around long enough to know who kai kamara is okay and i did good. have a check when i saw that one going <laughs> i don't think any of us have been around long enough to know when kai kamara started but well, I didn't start, say that. Start of the league, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to take a, a gander, maybe. But that was wild. Um, our our guy Jorge in attendance to see his uh, his Orlando boys take down Philadelphia two to one. Uh, pretty rotated teams for both of these teams in this game. Any is there cause for concern for Philly here just off the start, or is it is it more of just yeah, we're playing Champions League. We're rotating. We get an international game. We'll be fine. My answer would be, if they're not concerned, they should be. Mm. Um, well, i got a couple of reasons why. I'm not saying they should be like overly concerned, but if there's not any concern, then that would be a worry in itself. Like I, I, when, I was, when I saw the lineups come out today, uh, yesterday, I thought Philadelphia, the first 11, still looked pretty strong. I thought that they were probably one of the stronger 11s that you, know, you would see week in, week out. Not much depth, considering they only had four subs on the bench. Um, but I thought they should really have done a lot better here. And I'm, the question I want to pose is, is Philly this year's Seattle? As far as Seattle last year? Indeed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So focus on Champions so. League. And <laughs> I hope so. Because so. I, I, I'm <laughs> just mad. Right. I, I, was in the, I was battling with these Philly fans this weekend about, like, whether MLS should be playing during the break, and it was really starting to piss me off. So, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing them have a down year. I, I am a Jim Curtin fan, but now all of a sudden I feel yeah. like he's he's getting a little bit too too mouthy for his uh, his station. I don't know. He, he complains about he's, a lot of stuff, too. So He's complaining about his contract, too. He's, uh, he's out of contract like at the end we of the year. Like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He was, really, I, I don't he, was think... really, he was really missing for Philadelphia. I mean, the Karens is not there, but they still had Ure. Gosh, Gosh, Dog was out. And they're also... They're also missing all their difference makers off the bench, right? Like McGlynn, Quinn Sullivan, these guys that are – that's why Philly wins games because they're just deeper than everybody else, at least in my view. 
they can they don't ever rotate, but they always have guys to bring in off the bench that are just difference makers. I mean, I don't think I'm particularly worried. Montreal was not a good look, but they were kind of in control of that game. Orlando, it's a rotated eleven. You can make some you can make some excuses for that. Um, they did beat Columbus pretty handily, and Columbus looks like a pretty decent team to start the season. So, I mean, I'm I'm not overly worried. That being said. I've explained this many times to people and and I it's just worth mentioning MLS is a topsy turvy league. Like you're not good one year just because you were good the last year, right? There's tons and tons and tons of examples going back just the last few years of teams that were really good at one year. And then they were really bad the next year. And then there's teams that were really bad one year that get to be really good the next year. It's just, that's the way that the league is built. You don't typically get to keep a team together for very long. Um, I think Philly did keep most of their key pieces together, which I, I, I'm not overly concerned yet. Um, but you know, so like I said, but with Portland, it's a long season and, uh, we'll give them some time, but they're certainly not sprinting out of the gates. Like everybody expects them to do, which I think that's, I think that's where I would say the expectations are a little too high. They're not just going to go and win every game. That's not how MLS works. Um, yeah. I so, think yeah, almost sort of looking at Philly with with you know with LAFC losing a few, you know, selling Arango and a fourth. I think a few a few of the everyone saw saying Philly are probably the, the number one favourites here. And I, and I, and look, I'm sure they'll come good. But I'm just saying that there's a few things there that's perhaps worth monitoring in the coming game weeks to see whether mm-hmm. that's a blip or something more more deeper in in their structure. Right. Speaking of blips, Austin, they don't win at home against Colorado. Uh, Trippin, you're an Austin guy. Defend your team. They're two wins, one draw, two losses, and sitting sixth in the West. I don't know what you want to complain about. They're in fine playoff position. They haven't hit on all cylinders. They're they're going to be fine. I wouldn't worry about Austin at all. It's like trendy to like say like, oh, Austin's struggling. I mean, it's it would have been nice to beat the Rapids. Obviously, you should definitely beat the Rapids at home. I agree. Uh, I didn't. It's funny that Cabral got the goal in uh, yeah. eight minutes of time. So that that tells me something weird happened. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm just not that worried about Austin. I, I think they will find their quality. I think Jerusi's too good to to worry about. And I really like what Danny Pereira does in their midfield. So I, he's becoming know, a very yeah. good player. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. He didn't Number score too well in SO5 this week, ago. but uh, but he's a, he's a destroyer. My, how about the career? You know, shout out in the vein of like so rare cards that go dead for a while and then come back and you love it. My, Jean the man Kolmanic, uh, the left back mm. for Austin. Was just I won this guy years uh, like one of my first ever wins like almost two years ago now uh, probably eighteen months ago or more than that and he was like unused like he was really good for a minute he was on set pieces yeah. back in like the in the Pocatino Cecilia Dominguez uh, pre Drewsi era and then he started getting phased out of the lineup here and there and he just became like an absolutely unusable card but then he. Uh, he found a way. All of a sudden, this season, he's back. He's banging in in the decide the the uh, AA points. Man, he's got thirty AA points in three of seven games this year. So, uh, I'm I'm really loving him. Um, and he's had ten and fifteen in the other ones. That he didn't make thirty. So, shout out to my boy Zan for bringing it back and becoming a viable card of my gallery again. I'm happy about it. So, John, yeah, John, two yeah. wins, two two wins, two losses, one draw. The teams they've played are St. Louis, Montreal, Salt Lake, Houston, and Colorado. Are you concerned about Austin? I think Trippi might uh, be about to kick me off the call, but I'm going to counter a few of his <laughs> a few of his points. I think there are reasons 
to be saying that at Austin, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I think, firstly, the home form is where I'd be really concerned right now. It used to be, a, I forget the name of the stadium, but it used to be a really difficult place to, to go. Um, you know, I think last year you started with like seven wins out of eight there or something like that. But if you go, if you look back over the last 17 games, that's half a season, basically. They've only won six games at home. So that's, that's taking in last season's form going into this season's form. And that's, that's not the kind of home form you need, particularly in a league like the MLS, if you're going to be challenging near the top of the table. And if I go further than that, there is not enough support going into Jerusalem at the moment. And particularly the one I'm looking at is Fagundes, but there are others. And there's something, yeah. there's more to the story with Fagundes at the moment. He obviously got a new contract in the summer. I think uh, the manager's come out and said a few things about, we've had your contract and, you know, we need to see more from you. He's been benched the last few games. All is not well in terms of Diego Fagundes. And I think that's a big issue for Austin. And there's just not, I was watching the last 30 minutes of that game and he just knew Colorado goal was coming. It, it, it was it was obvious. I actually wouldn't have been surprised if that goal had come slightly earlier that Colorado would have snatched a winner as well. And I think that's a concern. It's not the unity that I'm used to seeing in an Austin team um, there at the moment. That's my view on it. Next up, doesn't get any easier. They go to LAFC. So this is, oh, to be that fair though, this is where track. LA, this is where Austin normally shines is when they're the underdog. So we'll see if they can get it on track. They need more from Ragoni. Ragoni just a, just yeah. an absolute uh, waste of a, of a signing in last year's summer window for sure. I think Ragoni is a bit of a high. bogey team for LA as well, right? I think. Yeah, I remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, Fagundes had a absolutely mad career year last year and uh, mm. hasn't really followed it up so far this year. Regression is a son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> All right, John, it's time to talk about your guy, Ache Ache. Tell us why he's the best midfielder that has ever played soccer in the history of the world. All right, easy. 85.5, 92.1, 69.4, Case closed. That's it. That's the tweet. There we go. <laughs> Cut it. Put it on Twitter. Yeah. Now, look, I um, I know you're pretty pretty down on Austin, and we had, we were chatting about this over the summer. I think he's probably ended up being my uh, my best ever purchase on Surreal. I got him for a swung uh, over the summer for Surreal. I'm only now kicking myself that I didn't pick pick up the unique, which was only a fraction higher in cost. I just saw. I just went through the sort of the last sort of five eight games of last season when Austin obviously weren't playing very well. I actually thought Herrera would be a, would be a playing when he's at home type player, but he seems to be doing it home and away. Um, but there were signs of the AA uh, there when he sort of did a bit of the filtering through Surrey data, took out some of the sub appearances or injuries and stuff. And I was like, well, if Houston are going to do anything this year, it's going to be through Herrera and Ben Olsen mm-hmm. is the type of player who's going to build that team around it. And mm-hmm. so far, it's proven so. And I, you know, I, I, I'm actually quite surprised with the start that they made. Obviously, they lost the first two, but they've had two very good home wins, get one against New York in the weekend, clean sheets. You know, this is a team that's going to cause people problems, I think. They've also played one less game than everybody else, and they're still in playoff mm-hmm. position right now. Um, yeah, Houston, and and to your point, I love that you brought up Ben Olsen, because this is the man that put Wayne Rooney in the position to carry DC United. He knows how to use the veteran old guy that can't run but can pass the ball, basically. Uh, and and Hector Herrera is is killing it right now uh, for so our purposes. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think this, biggest, is, this is vintage yeah. Ben Olsen, right? And, I, and I, it, it seems to me that, that Herrera and Olsen are in sync. Now, what I mean by that is mm-hmm. you can see Herrera is enjoying this and he's he's mm-hmm. motivated and on the same page and, and, and he's 
basically deploying you know they're, they're in sync and what they're trying to deploy out there so you know he's not coming in here you know miss a couple of games play a couple of games he seems really motivated to see what he can achieve this year so i think that that's that gives some promise for, for Houston yeah fans. definitely an interesting one mm-hmm. i am so mad at myself for not buying ache ache like at the end of last year i i have some uh you know the people that are in my circles and some of my closest so rare peeps that i really like get like explicit strategy talk with uh, like buy this guy, don't buy that guy. And that we like bounce serious ideas off each other. My, my peeps, as you might call them, they, they both uh, bought Herrera last year for cheap as hell and uh, have yeah. been loving it ever since super rare, rare for sure. And what do you think though? The rare price is still kind of low. I mean, I haven't bought a card in a while. I know the so rare markets crashed, but like 0.130 on the mark, an offer on the market for a, uh, Ache Ache card when this guy has not gone below uh, 70 points uh, in a game week so far this year is absolutely. He insane. had a 69.4 tripping. He went below, <laughs> he went below 70. I know you're, you're hundred percent right. The price is weird. I know it's because of his age. I understand why. And people yeah. are just not having the faith, but I'm do like uh predictology, like make the, like give some people some faith in this guy. Let's drive this price up now that you've well, got think- yours already. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I'd, the way I'd probably look at it is obviously, you know, as we know, the market's been a little bit deflated and prices are dropping, but this is one of the few that's actually going up. So that's got to be, you know, it's going up against the tide. Um, mm-hmm. And he's already, you know, I look at, look at the super rare price. So I picked him up in the summer at 0.25 and he's already going at 0.5 in the last offer. I think some people, I think uh, it's probably going up, still probably going under the radar a little bit. It'd be interesting to see where the auction price goes at this moment i think it's the highest the auction prices i think is either the same or just above what the buy it now on the market is so be interesting to see if that pushes any higher and it sort of sets a new 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 watermark but you know houston aren't necessarily a fashionable team perhaps it's going under a bit of the radar but i think if he puts those scores up for another six weeks then you know we could be seeing double the price that he is now i mean it would be like a ryan gold type type price how about 0.185 at auction on February 15th, just uh, six weeks ago? Absolutely crazy. And now he's already like 3x that. Shout out, And a shout out to our boy Nashi, who picked one up. I was going to say. For, uh, for 0.2. Yeah. So, yeah. All the sharp money was on Herrera a couple of weeks ago and uh, and even a couple of months ago. And uh, all, now all it's finally starting to pay off. I, I think he's going to keep it up because, he, like you guys mentioned, like I totally agree with everything you said about how the team is set up to play through him. He takes everything. I think he takes penalties, right? Did, did uh, he take, no, he, he, he didn't take, take the penalty. penalty. He drew uh, the penalty. He won it. He won, he won it, okay, and okay, it was a, good. It was a very soft good, one. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it was a yeah. very soft penalty, but he did win it. It was a foul. Come on, he was in my lineup. It was. A I mean, foul. it was. I'm not saying uh, it wasn't a foul, but it, you know, anywhere else in the pitch, he he kind of tripped over his own feet, and the defender kind of helped him trip. Uh, but it's okay. It's fine. A lot of the Houston guys don't get really enough love. Teenage Debbie's really good. Ethan Bartlow's taking over that second job as the. uh as the second center back, he's he's doing well after Tim Parker left. Herrera's pretty good. Like they got some yeah. some dudes. Our tour's pretty good. Like I this is not, not a terrible team. The budget all stars. Recommendation. He did pretty well. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's a good team. Um. So yeah, Houston gets the one nil one over New York City. Interesting too for NYCFC. They really didn't get anything going, and they they're kind of looking like a home and away type team. Like they play at Yankee Stadium. Might be difficult to catch him, but uh, not not really dominating and looking like a top three, four team like they've been in the past uh, so far, at least. Um, your boy Jordan Morris put four goals mm. in the back of the net for Seattle. <laughs> um, I'm sure you were very happy when you when you read that news. 
they beat Kansas City four to one. Uh, any quick thoughts on this one? Me? It's freaking no. Jomo, dude. I, I I just Jomo just does it. I I I got no thought. I'm speechless at what uh, what I witnessed Jomo do when I watched the highlight package. Like beautiful finishes, headed goals, dive, like you know, all out effort being expended to score and. Uh, Good, good on him, man. He had he had one of those Jomo games, and uh, makes me mad. I sold him uh, in the preseason, but that's on me. Seattle's Seattle's cruising. Although Kansas City is going to get some guys back, so we'll see how mm-hmm. good they uh, can be. But there's there's trouble though over there in Paradise yeah. in Kansas City. Um, so we'll have to see. I, I, I would say I got a couple of hot takes on this. I think Seattle looking really really good. Uh, it was great to see Joe Paolo back in back in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I, I did kind of pick up his super rare about an hour ago for 0.77, so I'm happy with that. Um, but good I think you. KC have actually, yeah, I mean, look, they got spanked yesterday, but they've done all right this year considering that they're missing a little players that they're missing, but with. Agada on the pitch. They had Polita back on the bench. They had Russell Tommy. back on the bench. They're, 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 I think they look. I think they will soon get back to at least the form they finished last season with, rather than what they played the first seventy percent of the season. I think there's reason for them to be. They're, they're, they're a team that will get stronger as the season goes on. I feel. Yeah. Casey, I think they're they're, you would hope. they're moving in the right direction. Yeah, you would hope. And, and it'll Lodero, be interesting to see if all of these guys can play together. Sorry. Go ahead. Can Lodero please retire so that Rusnak can get the set pieces, <laughs> please, please, please? Although now probably Man, Zhao would get him, to be honest. That, that just if, screw me. But. If he retires, that might open the spot for Leo Chu, who I think we were talking about a little bit. With as the well. hat trick of assists, for sure. Yeah, good, good on Leo, for yeah. sure. The funniest thing yeah. about this game, if you uh, watch the highlight package, is just John Pulse Camp just like getting angrier and angrier <laughs> and angrier with each goal that goes through. He's absolutely just, just a. You see J- Jomo scoring all these goals, by the way, with almost no reaction. It's absolutely insane. He, like, scores, and he just kind of, like, trots back to his spot. It- it- it's so funny. I mean, he celebrates a little bit, but he's very, like, blasé about it, and Pulse Camp is just getting, like, livid and, like, bitching out his defenders. And, like, he at one point, he, like, looked up in the sky and was like, why? <laughs> like, on a reaction. is absolutely insane. So I, uh, I recommend I uh, you watch the MLS rap show. Yeah, I feel him. I mean, he's my he's my boy. I'm I'm looking for him to run my U23 this year, so I feel his pain. Um, I can I just uh, a little pat on the shoulder for myself. Hopefully, you know, Leo Chu picked him up super in 0.11 yesterday, right off the back of the, the three assists. So hopefully, we'll see more game time for him this year. Yeah, he's he's, a, he's been around for yeah. a while in Seattle, and I think they mm-hmm. like him a lot. Um, fans love him. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the coaching staff loves them too. It's just there's a lot of guys that the coaching staff loves, and rightly so because they're all very talented. Uh, Minnesota, Vancouver. Um, unfortunately, John is on the on the show this week, and Vancouver is not at home, so I don't get to say the BC place is the <laughs> toughest place to play in North America. Um, but Minnesota keeps their unbeaten run alive without Emmanuel Reynoso. One one draw. Um, any thoughts on this one, quickly? I think Minnesota were incredibly lucky this game. Mm. Um, the, I actually had this one called as a, as a Vancouver uh, win before the game, and, and Minnesota were you know missing a few players, but it was something like sixty three percent possession to Vancouver, twenty three shots, five on target. It took them what until the ninetieth minute to get get level in the game, but yeah, ninety um, eighth. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, There you go, very late. So I was quite surprised <laughs> that Minnesota were able to come away with something out of this game. To be fair. Yeah, they're playing really well so far for what we've expected of them. Uh, Cincinnati, Nashville, I watched a little bit of this game. Uh, This game looked like two heavyweights going at it. This was like a playoff game. 
uh, very cagey. Cincy had more chances just because they were up one nothing, and Nashville had to press, and then Cincinnati started going. But your boy Joe Willis stood on his head, made a few big saves, uh, kind of kept a minute. They just couldn't find a winner uh, or it's an equalizer towards the end of the game. Um, still look – both these teams still look very good to me. This is Nashville's first loss at home in a while too, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I, this is definitely a game of two halves. And I'll, let me read out a few stats just to give that some context. So in the first half, Nashville had 14 shots, three on target, five off target, six block, two corners. And since he had just a couple of shots and one on target, straight after halftime, uh, Vasquez grabs a goal. And it finished with 13 shots, six on target, and five off target for Cincinnati. It, and, and Nashville didn't manage to get a single shot on target. So it sort of felt like to me that through the halftime break, I'm not sure whether it was tactical or the players figured out them themselves, but they sort of were able to neutralize uh, Hanny. And once mm-hmm. they did that, they, they, they and they had the confidence. Vasquez looked like, you know, he was very much a confidence player. He got his goal. He looked dangerous from that point onwards. Very surprised. Rebound goal. He's back. Yeah. Rebound goal after a nice Willis save. That's what say. you need. Shout out to That's what you boss. need. Yeah. Yeah. You He's get in the right spot. That, right? Yep. Yeah. You put it away. And then all of a sudden, here come the goals. They start pouring in. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, yeah, you're 100% right about that. Uh, I think I only watched the second half, and they they mentioned on the broadcast that Hani Mukhtar got married on the field on Tuesday. So congratulations to him. Yeah, Met a girl in Nashville. That's why he's still there. If if you're wondering why somebody who's so good is he still no in Nashville, wants to go back to Hertha Berlin. He never wants to move again. The power uh, of the Nashville <laughs> fiance. You gotta love it. Yep. Yep. That uh, I forget that street. What what is it like Hollywood Boulevard or Broadway? Whatever. Broadway, Broadway. Bat- Bachelor, Bachelor capital yeah. of the United States. That, yep. that street will uh, will keep a man around for a while. Um, St. Louis is still the greatest mm-hmm. show that's not on turf. Uh, they smoked Salt Lake 4-0. Uh, Trippin's favorite player, John Klaus, <laughs> scores again with another assist from the opposing team. Is it possible to win the golden boot without getting an assist from your own team? Yeah, it might be. He, uh, this he's going to do it. He's going to do well, it. I, was, I think that's... I, Three or At four? this point, I have it's, I take my L. I, I take my loss. I've I've shouted down Klaus for three weeks in a row, and he keeps doing it. So I'm just going to keep shouting him down until I'm eventually right. Well, I, I think what's really interesting about St. Louis and, and fair play to them, I, I thought going to Salt Lake they were they were going to get it's kind of going to get you know turned over by a side. Rio Tinto is a tough place to play. Yeah, but th- think about how fine margins some, sometimes seasons and games can 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 hinge on. If you think back to the first game of the season. Uh, Austin 2-1 up against St. Louis. Then that horrendous defensive error. Suddenly Lewis, St. Louis back Kip in Keller the game. hasn't played since. Uh, you know, and they, it, 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 at that point, it, it looked like only Austin were going to add a third rather than St. Louis were going to get back to 2-2. A free, free situation, 2-2, then Klaus finishes it off. And from that point on, that's what... They, but the, I think their whole start of the season is hinged on that, on that on that moment. And they're just playing with tremendous confidence. Whether you can maintain that through a season or not, We'll, we'll, we'll find out, but I really think that is the moment that triggered their whole season. Like if they'd have lost that game two one three one, we would be sitting here talking about St. Louis as we are now. No, but it just shows what confidence, momentum, and fine margins can really have on a team, certainly in the short to mid term. Especially in the MLS, where the the roster structures are so similar and the players are also similar, talent level is so similar. These fine margins make a big big deal. Uh, my prediction is St. Louis will never lose a game ever, ever, ever until they fold as a franchise. So we'll see how many weeks that keeps up. 
My boy um, Giacchini. My boy Giacchini with another Giacchini's goal. pretty good. Yeah, I like him. I actually do like him for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. Um, LAFC, 2-1 winners over Dallas. Uh, Dallas gave up an early, early goal, uh, which they, t- for the first 10 minutes, they looked like they were going to get beat 5 or 6 nothing. Uh, they gave up yeah. one goal, then kind of settled down a bit, then had the red card, uh, and then uh, pulled one back, I believe, and then LAFC got a Denny Buanga winner, fresh off the plane yeah. from uh, from Turkey. After Can I just say that first ball. LAFC goal was some of the worst defending I've ever seen, even by MLS standards, because <laughs> it was from it was a defensive error that got the goal, but there was two more defensive errors before that one. They had like three <laughs> chances to get rid of the ball, and three times they gave it back to LAFC. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. It was real bad there at the beginning. Uh, Shout out guy, Tillman though. Tillman, Tillman banged Tillman finished. that goal. Yeah, yep. he finished. He's he continues to finish, and it's going to be really interesting to see who starts in that midfield when and they're all available. As a motion right now, so I'll be interested to see where that goes to. How about the contribution from our uh, official friend of the podcast, Nikosi Tafari? Uh, I was going to say uh, had his had his name change finally uh, gone through so rare. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and we did it. the goal. I was we in did people. It. Yeah, we it did took it. one week, and we <laughs> we, we officially yeah. we changed yeah. the world, that, is the, guys. that is the influence that this podcast has. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. maybe it was the fact that they were updating their MLS database in general. No. Or uh-huh. maybe it was no, I, I think you take no. it right up there. Nico with the listens every week personally. He's actually off off screen right now, just listening live. Finally, uh, yeah. yeah. So that he he just takes it and does what we tell him to do. All right, we'll take it. Um, the longer story, absolutely amazing, though, for sure. Yeah, why? Wow. I, I didn't include him in my teams. I just, I was like, huh? everybody didn't get a winner. My super yeah. was in training. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, even the MLS reporter was like, isn't this dude on international duty? Like, what is he doing mm-hmm. in this game? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a wild story. But LAFC gets the win. Dallas really not good against LAFC typically. Um, so pretty, pretty, uh, True to form, I guess. For, is for Belanga an early MVP candidate, do you think? Uh, yeah, 100%. I think 100%. So. He's going to be the best player on probably the best team. So what, what else are you going to want? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, he's also a golden boot candidate at this point. He's got like six goals yeah. already, right? Yeah. Um, has Vela scored this season? I don't think he has. He's played most of the game. Vela? That's a good question. I don't know. He hasn't sure made a big impact. No. He hasn't really had to. I mean, they've had the sort of the, the yeah. Champions League stuff going. So he scored in the Champions sure. League. I think he did score. In the he Champions scored League. against Portland on opening day, and he had an That's, assist and yeah. against Dallas, and then an assist against Portland. So he's got one MLS goal this year. I said King. I don't think he cares. I think he's happy. I, 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 it's more about Vela. Just like I mean, if they're winning, being in the right cares. state of mind. Yeah, half the time because yeah. sometimes he hates soccer, sometimes he loves it. So Vela's the poor man, Neymar. Right? He just books his holidays at certain points in the season and then yep. comes back. I think I think they also matters? they also probably only care about Champions League. So like I don't think they're gonna really play Vela that much for the weeks between Champions League games. I think they're they're gonna go for Champions League. They're they're gonna try to win that thing. Get to the yeah. Club World well, Cup. Club World be Cup better than Seattle. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Poco's looking looking good and I remember you calling really that out tripping uh before the season that he was a buy at the Super A and I wish I had followed you because I think he's gonna get some good A. I said he was a buy last year. I would have picked him up. I picked I him like up him. last year at like 0.025 for Still the Still 21 years old. He's not yeah, bad, and I think the big thing is LAFC really like him as well. So I think yeah, yeah, really 100%. Like I mean, he why wouldn't you? He's great. 
And his on-field chemistry with the teammates is like yeah. very infectious. You can see he also sure. does things that uh, the other people don't do. Like Vela doesn't run in behind. Vela wants the ball mm-hmm. to feet, and he will run in behind and create space for Vela, which is yeah, to your point. Yeah, they, they actually said that on the commentary yesterday that it, he, he when they move Apoka to the number, number nine, he, he gives them such a different option if they need it because right. he, he's very different, like you say, to Vela, and he will run in behind, which can really stretch a game if you're struggling to break it down through your normal channels. And so I think he's an is is a key sort of chess piece for them that they can use throughout this season to un- unlock certain games where it's not going their way. Yeah. Gives them a lot of different looks and a lot of different ways to beat people, which is, mm. is uh, pretty exciting. Um, yeah. I mean, they had, a, they had a fair few international call-ups, but they just didn't look yes. any weaker they don't care. on the pitch. They don't care. Nope. They just no. continue to trot out the best lineup in the MLS and it's not even close. Yeah. Um, last game was San Jose taking on Toronto. Uh, Toronto started my boy, Jaquil Marshall Ruddy. I started him despite the fact that he's not played a minute this year. I started him in like five different lineups and, uh, he rewarded me very handsomely. I was very happy with that. Um, otherwise it was a pretty rotated team for, uh, for Toronto San, San Jose played mostly their, their guys, um, no Montero, but, uh, you would have expected San Jose to kind of take care of business at home here. And, was it you tripping that, that said San Jose's got a nice early start to the season where they have a oh, nice yeah. oh, easy yeah. run of games and then yeah. it starts to get harder? And they've they paid it Is off it's... for sure. They've they've mostly yeah. delivered on that run. I mean, have they? They're in seventh right now, seven points from five games, and it's starting oh, to get it's harder. The same, it's, the, it's the same record as Austin's, and they must be doing well. Right. <laughs> Throw that one back in my face. I don't know what to say, man. I mean, they. Uh, I'm I'm the fan of Charlotte FC, so anybody. I'm looking up at a lot of teams right now, but I will say that the run does uh, start to get harder for San Jose. Yeah. They got to go two Red Bulls. They got to go two Salt Lake. They got to two Austin in the next five weeks. Uh, they play LAFC twice in the next seven weeks. So, like, yeah, uh, but uh, definitely. Might be time to maybe sell off your Christian Espinosas uh, if if you don't see him as like a long term hold as good as he is. I mean, he, he put up thirty three AA in this game. I, I got a Jackson Yule super rare that I picked up long long ago that uh, I find his way into lineups and I'll keep playing him. But uh, the goalie story is interesting here. Marchinkowski has played really well when, mm-hmm. while Daniel has been hurt, and I just wonder like if. Uh, there's going to be any kind of battle there because JT was not ha- happy to lose this job to a new signee. And now with the guy being hurt, JT's put in some good performances. And he's always been a good goalkeeper, right? He's been yeah. there for a while. He's he was been, one of the best AA been, goalkeepers in MLS yeah. a year ago, but he's, he just he's like been the, always gave up three goals. The Chris Brady that just has a terrible back line and that it was their whole scheme was terrible to really to begin with. So he would get put on one-on-ones all the time and he would save like half of them. And you're like, well, this guy's pretty oh, good. Yeah. But you still get pumped for three. A lot goals. of sweepers and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so we'll have to see how San Jose goes. Um, that just about wraps things up for this week. Um, any any other thoughts or any other topics that you you wanted to bring up here, Johnny? I think the only thing I any disappointment I want to bring up is that look, this is one of my favorite shows each week, and being on the show means I haven't got got the, uh, it to listen to later today. <laughs> but, uh, I'll instead watch out for Sarah uh, TV's next MLS update, which is also a great show. So if you're not watching that, you should be. Thank you very much. Yeah, the uh, uh, what I wanted to say. Thank you very much for those kind words. That's really really nice of you to say. I wanted to say that you. Uh, 
have recently picked up a couple of nice uh, MLS super rares. So good on you. I know you got Joe Paulo, you got John Tolkien, you got Jesus Ferreira in recent you days. You got, you got Ethan Bartlow, who uh, Chris shouted out a couple of minutes You're ago. You're welcome. Putting up some nice numbers in yeah, Houston. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, shout out to you for reinvesting in MLS uh, in a big way in super rares last few days. And I hope it pays off for you for sure. John knows what he's doing. John, John you, yeah. knows what he's doing. If you if you just want some cheat codes, like you play it limited and you just want some cheat codes, just do whatever John does. It's really easy. Um, tell us a little bit Very about about predictology for the for the people that don't know what it is. Yeah, um, look, it's it's basically a, a soccer slash football uh, betting analytics platform. We have various tools that allow you to assess and um, develop models that will predict the outcomes of, of, of games. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things it has over 400,000 matches in the database, um, you know, for, for members, for example, we've got a couple of systems that specifically look at the MLS and exploit some of the, the trends in the league. Um, we have a lot of tools that will sort of, uh, we work out what sort of the true probability of, of, of the match results being, and then we'll look at the market. And if what we're suggesting is, is, is a lower price than what the bookmakers uh, are offering, that you know, indicates value and could be a, be a sound play. So if you're interested in, in sports betting or trading or like learning more about football data, then yeah, by all means, give us a, a check out. Definitely check it out. Some of the so best what you're saying is I've that your your models and data based approach to analyzing Austin's early season start is better than my. Oh, they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially, they might be just a little bit in it. <laughs> your models must love St. Louis. I mean, the only data uh, they have is just four nil wins all over the place. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we we would we would they probably wouldn't be even appearing in our uh, our data sets yet. You know, we 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 yeah. didn't, we didn't, we didn't not a big a, a large data pool to to assess that. But the, the algorithms will be starting to pick up more uh, more insights internally on who they're playing. So maybe in there we can start pinpointing where they might come run into a few challenges because you know no team's going to win every game this season unless except St. Louis. <laughs> so yeah, thirty-four you know, get... zero and zero. Yeah, winning no, the also. If you if you check out our um our, our, our Twitter uh, feed, like we post up um a few things on sort of on the Thursday Friday, which look at which teams we think uh, have, have high potential potential scoring uh, or keeping clean sheets, and just give a few players that we think might might sit in those teams. So yeah, they usually up on our it's at Predictology Bet. So if you want a few extra nuggets going into the weekend, by all means check those out. Great stuff as always. Thank you for coming on the show. One of our one of our finest guests, I would say for sure. Uh, we love to have him on, uh, John from Predictology. Thank you so much. We will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.